0: watching this video there's a good chance that the emotional side of the injury um was just as bad as the physical all the things that we couldn't do while we were out i was the person that was so against surgery i didn't want to talk about it think about it didn't even cross my mind it was like that is something that is not going to happen and i did everything else under the moon that was available to us that um we tried to do to um to get rid of the pain
1: Hi, everyone. It's me, CK, the creator and host of the podcast Bed, Back, and Beyond. Most likely, if you found my podcast, it's because you've injured your back or neck. I herniated a disc in 2019, and I will never forget the physical and emotional trauma that came with that injury. And that's why I created the Bed, Back, Beyond podcast. I wanted to give a one-stop shop of positive recovery stories from serious neck or back injury to those of you in need. And this is where I would like to ask for your help. If I have been an encouragement to you in any way, would you consider hitting the subscribe or follow button? I would love to get this podcast out there more and in front of the eyes of those who need it. And also, I would love to find people who are willing to share their positive story of recovery from any type of back or neck injury. If you're someone who would like to share your story on the show, head over to bedbackbeyond.com and click share your story.
0: You're listening to Bed, Back, and Beyond, sharing positive stories of recovery from serious back or neck injury. Your host is CK, whose favorite fictional character is Odd Thomas. In this episode, we're joined by Alexander, travel agent and entrepreneur.
1: Hi, Alex. Thank you so much for joining me on the Bed, Back, and Beyond podcast. Before we dive into your injury, I would love just to get to know a little bit about you. So how about you share some of your hobbies or where you're from?
0: Yeah, thank you, Christine, for having me. It's so exciting to be here. Um, Some of my hobbies, I love to travel, um, love to do my light work, which is to help people. Mm -hmm. Um, So any way that I can do that, like what we're doing today, is an absolute honor. Uh, Full time entrepreneur here in Austin, Texas. I own a travel company. Um, And so, if you're watching this video, there's a good chance that the emotional side of the injury um, was just as bad as the physical, all the things that we couldn't do while we were out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It is such an emotional roller coaster. Uh, So, how did you injure yourself?
0: It was a culmination of, um, you know, not taking care of myself ultimately, um, not taking, not listening to my body. Um, You know, at that time, um, hindsight, I didn't know anything about the back, the spine, the neck or anything like that. Mm-hmm. didn't know, uh, what were bad things to do. Um, and again, didn't listen to my body. So ultimately it ended up being a workout, um, plus filming a podcast actually, where okay. I didn't know, uh, which <laughs> it won't happen today, I promise, but I didn't know back then about the back. And I remember sitting down in the chair that I was sitting in and, um, almost like squeezing my back like forward like that thinking Mm -hmm. that I was going to relieve pressure or relieve pain but it was actually the exact opposite I actually in that moment felt uh something squeeze out of my back which was and turned out to be L5 S1 disc injury um and then the next day I woke up life was different
1: different I'm L5 S1 also all right (laughs) <laughs> so, you didn't have a slow progression of pain. You just had that sudden, intense moment of pain.
0: So, the moment it happened, I didn't have any pain. Okay. I woke up the next day and the pain began into the glute. Okay. Um, then progressed over the next 35, 40 days into my um, hamstring mm-hmm. um, and then eventually down into like the ball of my foot after, you know, 60 days or so.
1: The tingling and numbness? Yeah, sharp pain,
0: sharp pain, very intense, sharp pain down my left leg.
1: Okay. So at that moment, did you say this is a herniated disc or did you try to self-diagnose and, and figure it out on your own?
0: I definitely tried to figure it out on my own. I didn't think that it was a back injury. I thought, um, you know, I'm so young that there's no way I couldn't be the type to get injured like this. I work out. I try to do my best to stay in shape. So I thought it was a piriformis injury, like one of those piriformis things. Mm -hmm. Um, Did everything I could to try to stretch and, um, you know, all of what you would read online for solving a piriformis injury, like rolling on a, you know, BOSU ball or whatever they call it. (laughs) Um, Trying to massage it out and nothing changed it. In fact, uh, because I was not believing it was actually a back injury. I did things that probably made it worse, like maybe continued to work out
1: Mm -hmm. or,
0: uh, bent over forward, like doing hamstring type of stretches, which when you're dealing with that injury, it's, you know, not something that's good to do at that time.
1: Yeah. I'm laughing because I was the same exact thing. I, uh, my pain started just as a sharp pain in my glute and it lived there for a while. So I was thinking it was the, um, I can never say it right. Piriformis. Yeah. Muscles. So I was doing all those stretches. I had a tennis ball doing all that stuff. And then it wasn't until I I rolled over one morning and the pain was so bad. We had to call an ambulance.
0: Um, Wow.
1: Wow. I I got the herniated disc, but yeah, trying to figure everything out. But that can't be that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Can't be, can't be the back.
1: Yes. (laughs) So did you uh, eventually get an MRI or how did you move from the piriformis to actually a herniated disc?
0: Yeah, I did. Um, it it uh, finally took me getting an x-ray and then not seeing anything from it. And then the specialist that I was with recommending the MRI. Yeah. Um, so I nipped it in the butt, found an imagery place, um, went to Simon Med and had the MRI. Um, yeah. and, they t- and I asked Because I still in that moment didn't believe it was my back. I asked him to do my leg, Mm -hmm. but um, the doctor that recommended me, I didn't know this at the time, but put it for my lower back, which I'm thankful that he did. Mm -hmm. That's how I found out that it was, in fact, a lower back injury and not like a leg or a piriformis injury or anything like that.
1: And then did you decide right then and there, like, I'm going to get surgery or did you think I can fix this?
0: I said I could fix it. I was like I was the person that was so against surgery. I okay. didn't want to talk about it, think about it didn't, didn't even cross my mind. It was like that is something that is not gonna happen and I did everything else under the moon that was available to us that um we tried to do to um to get rid of the pain, so acupuncture, massage okay. therapy, rolling out uh, like massage balls um heat stretch ice um you know, try to wilt my way out of it through mm-hmm. my mind, yeah. Um, and nothing worked for almost a year. I was on the floor. Wow,
1: wow! A year of being in that much pain. Yeah. How did you? I, I'm I'm sure that just cramped your traveling style. First off,
0: hmm. it didn't. Actually. Did you- <laughs> so it didn't. <laughs> it didn't. I, oh. it did not. No, because I. I was so positive throughout the time frame. Most days, it's a very emotional injury, but you know, I'd say some days I felt like you're going to have some cats in this video if you have it. That's fine.
1: (laughs) Um,
0: Some days, you know, you're like on top of the mountain, thinking that you can take on the injury yourself and make it all better. Then the very next day, you're like, "This is never going to get better." Right. It's a a balance that we play with ourselves. But I can definitely say that most days, I was in the mindset that I was going to make it better. Uh, I didn't need surgery. Um, unfortunately that wasn't the case, Mm -hmm. um, eventually, uh, took probably nine months before I decided that I was going to go through the procedure and it didn't take, but maybe four or five doctor visits before that finally did happen.
1: Okay. So you said it was, uh, took about nine months for you to finally get surgery. Did you know a doctor or how did you go about deciding which doctor to even see?
0: I went on Google and just typed in like specialist near me. Yeah. Um. I got very lucky with the doctor that I had found. I did not go to multiple doctors. I felt mm-hmm. very comfortable with the one that I had had. And I also made sure that he had like his 10,000 hours, you know, type of thing. Right. And I had done the procedure a bunch. Um, so if that's a recommendation, I could definitely do that to people is to make sure they have the 10,000 hours. Um, it turned out to be the first one that I sat with. That is the one that I felt comfortable with. Um, yeah. He did recommend it from the beginning that I did have the procedure. Um. But Throughout the time frame, you know, one of the reasons that it led me to finally having the procedure was because I was taking so much Tylenol and ibuprofen every single day mm-hmm. for nine months straight. Right. Um, you know, almost sixteen hundred milligrams of ibuprofen, probably maybe like yourself, without mm-hmm. plus Tylenol, and right. literally every single day for, for nine months. And so that's how I was able to travel. Uh, going back okay. to was because um, I was able to take all that medication.
1: Wow, yeah, I I was taking Tylenol like crazy, and even after the surgery, I was having some uh, flare-up pains. So was living on Tylenol, and then I started to worry about my liver.
0: <laughs> That's exactly what led me to it. It was like, yeah,
1: and there are has- people people will agonize over orthopedic versus neurologist, and you just went with Google. <laughs> which uh, which specialist did you end up going with?
0: I don't know, like the actual practice or the doctor itself.
1: The surgeon, yeah. The
0: surgeon was a guy named Lyle Young in Arizona. This is, I was living in Arizona at the time. Okay. Um, and it was in Tempe, Arizona. And it was um, a lower back specialist that specialized in lower back. And I had done epidurals. I forgot to mention that earlier. I'd done yeah. three separate epidurals. The first one was the best. It lasted probably three weeks. Um, the, next, the next two were complete failures and stuff. And um, it was... Around that time, the, during the first epidural, that I found out that it was, in fact, like we mentioned, the lower back. And mm-hmm. so the person that was prescribing me to go get the epidurals um, referred me to a lower back specialist, which is, um, well, I shouldn't say that. He recommended me to find a lower back specialist. And then I went to Google, found out who was within my primary you know, care kind of thing. Yeah, and, your you know, network.
1: You got yeah. it. Yeah. I just went with, uh, somebody said, hey, I know a guy. I had back surgery. I was like, great give me his information. Oh, wow. the first, first doctor I met and he could get me in the soonest. I, I don't know if that's great qualifications for picking a doctor, but he said <laughs> two week wait. I was like, perfect. <laughs> Sign me up. Wow. Yeah. Wow.
0: wow, wow.
1: <laughs> so how was your recovery post-surgery? Do you remember, was it very painful or did you wake up like, this is great?
0: I woke up every day thinking that it was a failure. I woke up the first, I will say when I woke up from the procedure, I noticed that there was a subtle difference, a big difference in the, how there wasn't any pressure going down my leg. Um, but the recovery process took about three to four months mm-hmm. and during those three to four months, especially after the first week, it was just constant like wondering if it failed, right. maybe like yourself. Um, did you kind of go through that as well?
1: Oh, definitely. I, I was convinced two or three times that I had re-herniated within a a six-month period after surgery.
0: Yes. And everyone, every video that is ever posted is from people that have done the procedure that we've done, say the exact same experience that they feel like it was a failure. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you just have to go to those videos, look at the comments, and then just do the best that you can to swallow the pill that basically tries to make you think that in three months you're going to be 100% okay.
1: Right. Yeah. That's part of my reasoning for doing the videos because I, I feel like there's unrealistic expectations with the surgery that you're going to go in. You're going to be a little sore when the surgery is over, but then you'll be back to normal. And yes. it's really it, nonlinear has become a word that I've adopted to describe the the healing process.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's well said.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think mine was about six months before I started to feel back to normal. <laughs>
0: Oh, wow, six months wow, I could that's a long time
1: yeah I, I had a I had stopped using my back muscles. I was just so scared to move um and it was like a two stage injury for me started in April, and then the major herniation was the end of June and then by the time I did the surgery, it was the end of August, and then started physical therapy. I hadn't used my back from from April until physical therapy started, so wow. it was very weak. And my muscles were misfiring in order when I would try to move. So we had to – my recovery was a little bit slower as far as the muscles go because we had to retrain my brain.
0: Yeah. Was most of the time know. during that April to uh, August time frame spent, like, on the floor?
1: The the June. April <laughs> – when April started, it was just – kind of felt like I threw my back out. And then the pain moved to my glute. Um, and, You know, and then throwing my back out usually – will get better in three weeks. And then this one didn't. But in the end of June, I rolled over to get out of bed. And I was hit with the, the most painful thing I've ever felt. So from June yep. to basically August, I was on the floor. And I did try one cortisone injection, which did have me moving around more for maybe about two or three weeks. And then yep. yeah,
0: <laughs> the worst way.
1: Yeah. I don't know if you heard, you know, somebody said to me that cortisone has a limited return. So it's usually done in like a series of three shots, but after so many, your body gets used to the cortisone. And so I, my thinking was I'm only 40 years old. I'm probably going to need cortisone when I'm 70. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: so that's why I didn't pursue two more shots after the first one.
0: Yeah. It was just a, a a hope, right? I think that maybe this one shot could solve it all, but Mm -hmm. once it Way for both of us. It sounds like, and I went through three separate of them because <laughs> I was it, yeah. not wanting to go through the back of surgery.
1: Yeah. Um, Why were you so dead set against surgery?
0: I just was. I'm someone that is very in the belief that I can heal myself through my mind mm-hmm. and just being positive and just through the law of attraction. And so I thought that maybe I can wilt my way through this. Yeah. Um, and I didn't. I wasn't able to. Okay. So I, I it came to a time like we talked about that I was taking enough ibuprofen and Tylenol for too long that there was more of a liver concern. Not that I was mm-hmm. noticing things, but that I was sure. thinking to myself, this can't be healthy to do right. this, continue to do this for another six months. So I've probably got to do this procedure.
1: Mm-hmm. Did it feel like uh, a defeat to, to resign to surgery or did you look at it like, okay, it's just the next step in treatment?
0: Um, it did. It did. Mm-hmm. But in the same breath, um, you know, we're the type of people that when we feel like we make a decision, it's the right decision kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I did go through that, too, knowing yeah. that it was the right decision because of how much um, medication that I was taking. Um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, I can't walk away saying it didn't feel like a defeat. I wish mm-hmm. I could have healed myself through it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was. I remember agonizing over do I get the surgery or not. Um, and I was actually sitting there praying, like, I need a sign. Like, wh- what's the right decision? And just then I get a phone call from my father-in-law, who doesn't usually call me. And I, you know, I said, I'm trying to decide if surgery is the right way. And he just said, ding, 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 ding. That's what you need to do. <laughs> so I was like, okay, <laughs> thanks no for the message." <laughs> so, and then, so once I made the decision, then I, uh, I was like, okay, that decision is made. That's yep. what I'm doing. I didn't wrestle with, should I cancel? Should I try longer? Yeah. I just wanted to get out of pain.
0: <laughs> Same. Yeah. Same exact way.
1: Okay. Um, and so how are you feeling now?
0: Two years later, I'm happy to say that I'm 100%. percent um, i 100%. Perfect. I just about everything. Um, I will say that I have a little bit less mobility, but that's only because I haven't done the extra work. Is mm-hmm. the best way to say it to make sure that is come back. Um, I've done some work the physical therapy stuff, making sure that I don't do some of the things that I did before. But I have been in the extra work to to make sure that my mobility is back, but I'm completely functional again.
1: That's great. Yeah. You know, I I like to do uh, dance workout videos for exercise. And and I said to my husband, I can't wave like I used to. (laughs) 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 So tell us a little bit about your, uh, your travel business.
0: Yeah, um, I help people that want to save money on hotels. So people that are hotel travelers, uh, people that when they don't travel with groups and don't book with Airbnb, which Mm -hmm. is the best, in my opinion, route for group travel. Mm -hmm. The people that are wanting to just maybe travel with their spouse, their girlfriend, their boyfriend, or a friend to a new destination in a new city that they've never been, then we can help actually save them a ton of money off of their hotels. So like, for example, if... Um, you wanted to travel to Tulum this March. Um, We have hotels that are... Now, we don't own the hotels. So just like Expedia, you would go online, you would book the hotel through our website. So instead of for the same hotel that's listed on Expedia for, I don't know, let's say $147 a night, we would have that exact same hotel, same dates, same everything for $74 a night. And the reason is because Expedia and Priceline, these two companies own more than 95% of all of the other online companies that we've heard of from Trivago to kayak Mm hotels.com. Yeah. Are all owned by Expedia and Priceline. And so we don't know it as consumers, but whether we're booking through Expedia or we're booking through kayak, we're still booking through Expedia. Mm -hmm. And so the hotel obviously needs to make money. Expedia can make money. Um, and then we are, as consumers, just kind of tricked into thinking that we're saving money because we shopped on three or four different websites. Mm-hmm. In reality, we all booked with the same company at the end of the day.
1: Wow. What's the name of your uh, company?
0: Purely Travel.
1: Purely Travel. <laughs> and Lila. what's the name of your cat?
0: <laughs> Lila. She's four months old, so oh. <laughs> nice. She's still a baby.
1: <laughs> are, you, uh, are you traveling to these hotels and checking them out and deciding if they're worth your uh, recommending?
0: Yes. And now keep in mind, too, is that all of the same inventory. So, like, all of the same hotels that are on Expedia's website are the same hotels that would be on our website. So, these aren't like our personal hotels. These are hotels that. <laughs> this is awesome.
1: I love yeah, it. You are so sweet. <laughs> For those who are just listening, we have a cat joining us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, all the same inventory that's like um, on Expedia would be on our website. So, they're already all vetted out. It's all um, the. The Hilton's, you know, the Marriott's, the Boutique Hotels, all the same hotels that you'd find on Expedia's website, you'd also find on our website as well.
1: Okay, that's great. I'm going to put your website uh, right up on the screen for the uh, those watching, and then I'll include it on the podcast description. Awesome. So after your surgery, how yes. was flying in planes? Because I'm imagining you're, you were on some long-distance flights.
0: Yeah, I... Luckily, during my injury, only had one event that um, my back pain was so bad while sitting in a, in a plane um, that I had to go to the bathroom and actually lay it on the bathroom floor inside of the airplane. It was like oh. miserable.
1: Wow. I yeah. didn't even think they were big enough to do that.
0: <laughs> but they're not. However, this one airplane, I don't know, maybe it was like supposed to happen, had a, a longer bathroom. So I was so thankful for that. That was the only instance during my injury that I had um, a, an intense. 10, type 10 level pain down wow. the leg. Um But outside of that, after that, um, whether it's overseas over the pond, uh, like a 12-hour flight, mm-hmm. um, I've been able to do it without needing to take any type of uh, breaks or pain medication.
1: That's great. So someone who is currently dealing with a herniated disc and feeling like life will never be the same again, what do you have to say to them?
0: It's going to get better. It's a chapter of your life. It will get better. And you have to understand that it will get better. Um, You know, everyone that has gone through this injury has gone through the same feeling that it was a chapter in their life and that chapter is behind them. Unfortunately, right now, you are going through that chapter, but it will get better.
1: That's great. If you could go back and say anything to your pre-injury self, do you have any uh, personal advice you would give yourself?
0: Yeah, I think I would have done the procedure sooner. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. I, I let almost a year of my life be spent on the floor um, inside of my house on my back and not able to really take care of myself to go to normal things like the grocery store. It was an immense chore, you know, having to lay down for, uh, and I didn't have this one either, (laughs) but having to lay down for like an hour just to get my back, right. I sit, then take ibuprofen. Then it had to be like a perfect scenario. And then while I'm in the grocery store, there's many times where I actually had to lay down um, inside of the grocery store. This is uh, before my girlfriend and I were together. Uh-huh. Um, and so, cause I had to get groceries and this was kind of during COVID too. So there wasn't um, a lot of like what we have today, like shipped and Uber eats type grocery right. delivery places. Otherwise I would have used those. Um, so I had to do it all myself. So if I could get, go back and in time and, I would have gotten the procedure a little bit sooner.
1: Okay. Do you remember uh, how long you needed help post-surgery? Or were you able just to take care of yourself?
0: I do, yeah. Um, I needed help for probably two weeks. Okay. Uh, You know, things being brought to me, water, uh, food, things like that.
1: Mm -hmm. But you were at the point where you would say, if I had to, I would do surgery again?
0: Yes, 1,000%, and I would have done it sooner.
1: Yeah. Well, that's great. Alex, so much. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Do you have anything else that you would like to point out, or want people currently suffering to know?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, get get your MRI if you haven't already. Um, get your MRI. Um, make sure you find the doctor that you feel comfortable with and that has had their ten thousand hours. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're like us today, where you're taking a ton of medication just to get through the day, um, ask yourself what the you know the benefit is to that doing that. Long term, and um, you know, it's a very tough emotional injury. Mm-hmm. So I hope that um, you dealing with this um, know that again it will get better.
1: And getting the getting the MRI is definitely something we need to advocate for because yeah. for some reason they want to do an X ray first, but that doesn't show a herniated disc. Right. <laughs> so right. I feel like a waste of time and a waste of radiation.
0: Yeah. Well said. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, great. Thank you again so much. And if you are a listener who would love to share your story of positive recovery from a back or neck injury, head over to bedbackbeyond.com and click share your story. I would love to include you in the show. Alex, thank you so much. You're just a great inspiration of life getting back to normal, traveling, and a positive mindset for this injury.
0: Well, thank you. The pleasure has been on mine. My-